0: Hello, it is Feel Good Friday the 13th. Yes! Hey, it's Feel Good Friday, but it's also Friday the 13th. A little bit of a goddamn pickle here, huh? What are you going to do? What are we going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have a goddamn show here. David Faraday, golf legend. He'll be joining us to talk about the Masters. Hey, Super Bowl golf's happening. Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods playing well. Dustin Johnson playing well. Don't know how it is right now, but you know how it goes. Trent Dilfer will be joining us to talk about the football.
1: Josh Allen was supposed to be on the show. He was. That's who I, I mentioned yesterday. Maybe an MVP candidate. His people backed out
0: uh, last second or whatever. Really? Long week. Friday's a tough day, Sure, too, if you're in the NFL. All mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to him again at some point down the road, but probably not. <laughs> probably not. I like Josh. I think he's an awesome man. Would have been a great conversation. He's gone through a lot. Yeah. Lost his grandma last week, mm-hmm. playing in the NFL season. Just put up 400 yards, probably a lot of pressure going in the weekend. Hey, let's go. Would have been nice to talk to him, but instead, we got David Faraday, we got Trent Dilfer, we might have Orlovsky in here. Mm, nice. I mean, we are going to go on a conversation run here that you've never heard before. It's going to be a good Friday. That's not true. You probably have heard some of the stuff we talked about before, but it'll be in a different fashion, better fashion, more entertaining fashion. If you don't think that, just act like this never happened. But if you enjoy this conversation, be a friend, tell a friend, say, hey, Monday through Friday, five days a week, Pat McAfee Show 2.0, not a bad show.
1: Not a bad show at all. Actually, a pretty good
0: show. Pretty good show. Sometimes, hey, some shows are, eh, we agree with that. But most of the time, eh, pretty pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Big thanks to you all for listening. We appreciate the hell out of you. And we're going to try to make this feel-good Friday as good as possible. And at some point today on the greatest sports book on planet Earth, there will be a boost that I'm putting up. Now, you got to remember, I've hit four out of the last six. Mm-hmm. Now, That's if you right. really want to do those numbers, I've lost the last two. Wow. Last weekend, Chiefs and Steelers kind of ruined it all for me.
1: Yeah, but, the, I mean, that was the right pick. I, I agree. I don't I
0: – because don't, if I'm saying, like, that was the right pick, then – whenever i steal a win that wasn't a right pick then i can't celebrate it so i don't that is true you know i don't abide by like oh i was on the right side that holy which maybe i will if i start lo- it feels like that's what a lot of people do is like oh it was the right side or oh, whatever. yeah but then you can't you can't celebrate whenever you win and you weren't on the right side then so you know what i mean you can't you can't embrace it whenever it uh, only appeases to you at the time you know what i mean that's fair so i'm gonna let you know i, I took that one okay I expected differently from the Kansas City Chiefs and Pittsburgh Steelers last weekend. But the the super boost that I have out this week, we're back, baby. It's pretty tasty. I don't know when it's going to go up on that platform, hopefully, uh, or up on their app, hopefully, within the next couple hours. And maybe by the time this shows out, it's already out there. But I want to let you know when you go on that app, what you're going to learn quickly is that FanDuel Sportsbook is the greatest sports book on planet Earth and
1: the moon. The moon.
0: It's easy to use. Mm-hmm. The odds are great
1: very great.
0: They have so many boosted bets on there. They're trying to lose all their goddamn Mm -hmm. money. The lines are incredibly fair, and the people that run it are good people. They'll refund bets if they think you got screwed over by a ref or by something that was out of their control. The FanDuel people are good people, and that's why we're thankful to be in business with them. And if you're gambling anywhere else, you're wrong. I
1: agree. Trust me. I've tried
0: a few. I'm not a big, like, right-wrong guy, okay, because I think there's always a gray area. Sure. But you're wrong. If you're not gambling at FanDuel,
1: no, yeah, you're you're wrong.
0: We're adding new states every single week. Shout out to Tennessee. What's up, Michigan? We're coming in there. Mm-hmm. Um, come fuck with us, man. FanDuel FanDuel spends countless hours making their app as user friendly as possible.
1: They really do. The user experience is top notch,
0: and that's something I think a lot of sports books are potentially forgetting about is the user experience. Absolutely. You get in there, it's easy to manage. They have so many more ways to win with the amount of prop bets that they have, the same game parlays. You can bet on damn near everything, and it's easy to navigate. Mm-hmm. And the odds, obviously, we talked about are great. I mean, it's just, it is making sports gambling fun. It's making sports gambling convenient, and it's making sports gambling get out of the seedy, you know, rip yeah, type the underbelly. Vandal's awesome, and we're thankful for them. And we hope you gamble with them if you have the ability to. And when we come to your state, know that when we show up, good things are happening, baby. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get to this show. Let's have a day. Let's have a feel-good Friday. The 13th. Spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. All right, here's the fucking show. (laughs) What a night last night. The Indianapolis Colts, led by Philip Rivers and Naheem Hines, and a special teams unit that was hunting Daniels' punts. Uh, Get a big W in the AFC South. Thursday Night Football has been filled with bad football games. Last night felt like it was going to be a great football game, and in the first half it was close. Then in the second half, the Indianapolis Colts go for it three times in one drive on fourth down, much like they did in the first quarter going for it two times on fourth down. And getting it, though, in the second half, then they score, then they get a shanked punt, then they score again, then they get a blocked punt, then they score again, then Jacoby Brissett getting paid $20 million, QB Sneak one in. Congrats to the Indianapolis Colts getting back on track, regaining dominance of the AFC South and the Tennessee Titans having a lot to figure out with their team since losing... Taylor Luan. Now, this is a conversation that should be had, especially after the conversation we had yesterday with Taylor Luan. He is an incredibly entertaining human being. He has a lot of tattoos. I think he has to add a Pat McAfee Show 2.0 tattoo. That's right. Mm -hmm. I'm not 100 percent sure if we officially agreed to that or not, but he (laughs) said he says he gets random things tattooed, so maybe that will pop in there into his body. And his right hand man tattoo is one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh maybe the hardest I've laughed on this show too and I think I think in my head right there I was just trying to cycle whenever I told him that the mustache wasn't his because he did start claiming that he made the mm-hmm. mustache tattoo or whatever you know and I was like whoa 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 Taylor like great great mind single I like, have been doing that for like I don't know a hundred years or something like that but because I've always wanted that tattoo that was going to be my first tattoo I was actually going to have to do it and then him immediately perfect timing going yeah but <laughs> right hand man is mine, <laughs> That's I'm mine. Like, yeah, yeah. that was just like such a moment like I really enjoyed that I laughed very hard and that will thing Thing, but them losing him, and if if you take into account the conversation that we had with him yesterday and how jovial he is, it feels like he probably gets along with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Losing that inside the locker room, problematic, okay? Having your leader, a person who is uh, one of your best players and is also a big glue guy. In lo- losing that guy in your locker room, problematic, especially if your offense is a run-first offense, but Ryan Tannehill is having a great year, offensive line. There, there's a lot of things that go into that having that – Just paramount position group being one of your leaders of your team, and that's a left tackle and Taylor Lewan doing that. So not only off the field, him not being there, but on the field, he was an all-pro left tackle, and that is it has been problematic for the Tennessee Titans since he has left. They have not been the same team. Now, the Colts also have been very inconsistent. I don't think anybody knew what was going to happen last night. Everybody knew their defense was going to be good, but what type of Phillip Rivers would show up? I said yesterday and started kind of thinking about it, if the Tennessee Titans can't get any pressure on Phillip, Rivers. That Dad dadgummit, will stand in the pocket and just deliver the rock. And he did just that. He threw over 300 yards, had a touchdown last night. Our guy, Naheem Hines, on his birthday. Happy birthday, Naheem, Happy by the birthday. way. Happy birthday, Naheem. Happy birthday, Naheem. 115 total yards, two touchdowns. That was one of the easiest predictions of all time. Normally, people are going to play well on their birthday. Now, the thing that's going to be interesting going forward about Naheem Hines, if you're a Colts fan or watch the Colts at all, and by the way, I said this to Naheem Hines. I was like, I don't think a lot of people know you exist, but here in Indiana, Annapolis, we are very appreciative because he's normally like the third running back that they work in. The the third, and every time he gets on the field, he's a burst. Like it is 21 gets the ball, something good's happening. So much so that to put him at punt return. He was not always a punt return for us. I don't know if he did that before, but it's because he got that quick twitch. Last night, I think he showed like, hey, maybe not third option. Maybe not second option. Maybe you have me in the game. Every time he gets in, he's a burst. He's a spark. He has been that way since he got on the Colts, but last night, primetime game on his birthday it really was like hey he's hot let's keep feeding him and they kept that going where in the past he'd come in get hot then they'd take him back out again and then they bring him in as like a curveball whenever Jonathan Taylor or Wilkins or uh, Marlon Mack or he, I, I don't know he wasn't there with Frank Gore but there was just a, a, a litany of running backs that would always seem to get the majority and then when he came in it was like a spark and then they go away from him and then they'd go back to the original plan. Last night he came in with a spark and it kept going to him I think he has earned that. Okay, I'm not saying Jonathan Taylor hasn't. I think Jonathan Taylor's really good. I think Wilkins is very good. But I think Naheem Hines, a guy who I think I like a lot more, especially after coming on our show, Mm -hmm. and anybody that can land a a round-off McTwisty thing whenever you're in full pads probably should look at that guy being Mm -hmm. a great athlete. I think he earned, last night on Thursday Night Football primetime television, a lot more reps. I think he earned the Brock. And by the way, that might help the offense out a lot. If Naeem Hines in that Indianapolis Colts offense becomes that because their running game was not great by the way going into the game last night even though they have a great offensive line. If Naeem Hines becomes the guy that offers you a lot of spark out of the backfield a la Alvin Kamara. He can catch the ball. He can move. He can make plays in open space and he runs hard. The Colts Colts might have figured it out last night against the Tennessee Titans. Now, I'm not saying Colts' offense. I'm not saying that the Tennessee Titans' defense is one of those defenses where you're like, okay, if you do well against his defense, you're going to be able to do well. But I think it is one of those defenses where you can kind of figure out, oh, what are we good at here? And this is kind of – I think what they figured out last night was, obviously, if we can protect Phil, we can do this. This Naheem Hines guy is a spark. Michael Pittman Jr., he's very good. Let's hope he can stay healthy. I'm not 100% sure if he can. He is a rookie. He's already been hurt. Uh, I, I hope he stays healthy. He's good. T.Y. Hilton was getting loose a little bit. Mo Ali Cox in replacement for Jack Doyle, who was out with a concussion. He could have scored a touchdown last night. Phillip Rivers chose not to throw him the ball. I mean, there is a chance that this Colts team can really go and take over the AFC South. And if they do that, good news for Phillip Rivers because everybody knows Tom Brady want to come here and the Colts said absolutely not. So that's our big takeaway from Thursday Night Football. And this Feel Good Friday, 1-888-MAD Dog6. We're to have conversations with you on this serious XM channel, 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio feel good Friday that we have going. We have David Faraday joining us, golf legend. He'll be talking about the Masters that are currently happening with an update from our friend at Tone Diggs. What's going on at the Masters right now?
2: Uh, DJ was the leader yesterday. He's still in the lead. Oh, he's tied for the lead. He was 10 under today, but he's now dropped back down to 8 under. He's still in the lead, though. Uh, Tiger is minus 4. He doesn't tee off until like 2.30, I think.
0: Uh, He tees off this afternoon, 2.30. It's going to get dark early, so they might have to. They're doing a lot of discussions about maybe having to carry days into Saturday and into Sunday and then even maybe a Monday potential finish. I mean, there's a lot of things happening because you see the sun in November. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, because like in April, you see, sun says... Hey, I want to hang out a little bit. Ooh, you know, like, hey, how's like it going? Mm-hmm. But when you get in November and you do that time thing where you go from Eastern Daylight Time to Eastern Standard Time, the sun just says, yeah, whoopsie. seal, let's get the fuck out of here. And they head out. Just it heads tired. out. So I think they're going to run against the clock a little bit. That 2.30 tee off for Tiger will be interesting to see if he finishes there. If they have any other rain delays like they had yesterday, it'll be intriguing to see how the Masters figures it out because it is the Super Bowl of golf. But all the big-name players are playing well. Dustin Johnson. Johnson playing well, great news. Tiger Woods playing well, uh-huh.
3: epic, yeah. News. Yeah. Yeah. epic news. Oh, for God. God.
0: So let's keep it going. Uh, Can't wait to watch it. We'll talk to David Faraday about all of that, how the golf world feels about how the Masters is handling this November start time. Super Bowl in November, not a bad thing. Will they continue to do this going forward? Definitely not. How do we talk about it now? How are they handling it now? And what are they looking forward to for this weekend? The NFL has how many games at 1 o'clock, Tone? Five. And how many games at 4 o'clock? Six. And I believe that decision was made strictly because the Masters are happening. Let's go ahead and get some more games in the afternoon so that we can watch a Sunday morning Masters. And I'm only saying that because Roger Adele was reportedly yesterday walking around Eldrick Woods with a big stogie in his hand next to uh, Peyton and Rob Manfred. And I wonder if there's a couple conversations ever had, like, it'd be pretty cool to walk around down here. Wow. Sunday, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Let's move a majority of the games to the afternoon then. Let's keep the 1 o'clock slate kind of open so that we can maybe do both. Awesome for us sports fans. Can't wait to chat to David Verity about that. And in the third hour, we have Trent Dilfer joining us. This is his high school that he's currently a coach, the Lipscomb Academy down there in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Nashville. Great town. Your team go mocked last night, but Lipscomb Academy's doing some things. We'll talk to him about uh, you know, how's his team doing? How's coaching going? What do you think about NFL quarterbacks? What do you think about the future going forward? The guy you trained going into the draft, Tua, he came out and lit it up against Arizona. Should we expect the same type of performance going forward? How do you feel about the other young quarterback that he'll be playing against this weekend, Justin Herbert? The Herbert Seems to be making all the plays as well. We'll talk to Trent Tilford about that and more. We were supposed to have Josh Allen on today. Really? Really? Oh. Yeah, I was like, really? We're kind of keeping it a surprise, by the way, because of the incredible relationship Bill's Mafia and myself have yeah. over Josh Allen. Sure. So we're going to have Josh Allen on today. His people reach out to us. They past or something, or they want to move it to the forward. At Tone Diggs normally has... Uh, yeah, they
2: the, want to just push it out because of stuff that he was dealing with with his grandma. And stuff a like that. Long
0: week, they want to make it a later week, everything okay, like that. We'll reschedule that for the future at some point, <laughs> but I was pumped for Bill's Mafia to hear the conversation between Josh Allen and I, because I think Josh Allen's a cool guy. That'll have to happen sometime in the future. Um, and we'll have some of your phone calls. one Mad Dog 6 <laughs> At Tone Diggs. The Masters is going well. You're enjoying it. Uh, you got a great hat on here for Feel Good Friday. What are your thoughts, Bob?
2: Thank you. I... The thoughts are that this has been such an incredible week of sports, and it continues. Like, we had Monday Night Football, we had Tuesday Night Matching, we had Wednesday Night we had Wednesday Night NXT. Thursday, we had Thursday Night Football and the start of Masters. Now we have Masters and College Football again tonight and College Football Saturday and NFL on Sunday. I mean, we are in the middle of it, and it's awesome. But
0: then you got Monday Night Football as well. I mean, it's just we are in the middle of a time that we only dreamt about whenever we were in the middle of the complete sports stoppage at the beginning of it. We talked about how these leagues were coming out, and they are talking about, we're planning on doing this, and we're planning on doing this. And we had the realization, we're like, there's going to be a week where – and if – by the way, there's a chance now – I guess not. We said college basketball could potentially be happening as well. The, the sweep of sports this mm-hmm. week has been electrifying. I mean, absolutely electrifying. It's hard to keep up with all of it. Mm-hmm. So you've just got to pick and choose. The Masters people got to be pumped at Tiger's playing well Uh-oh. so that more people are potentially picking and choosing the Masters. Mm-hmm. Because tomorrow, uh, college football, I think there's 15 games mm-hmm. being postponed for them Gee, being in the SEC. Like, there's, there's a lot, or 15 teams maybe, huh?
1: I think it's, like, 15 games. I saw another one. There was NBA another one today. 12 yeah. this morning got canceled. Herm, Herm has COVID. So, no.
0: Herm does? Mm-hmm. Friend front of the show, Herm, take it. Hey, be safe over there, Herm, mm-hmm. okay? That team had a hell of a uh, first Jeez. outing against USC, so I hope he's okay. But the, there's 15 games being postponed. If Tiger's in the hunt, more people on Saturday are going to be like, oh, why don't we go watch the Masters real quick? Mm-hmm. And then if Tiger's not in the hunt, I would assume people would be like, there's gotta be another shitty college football. Game. So <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of things happening here on what gets your time, what gets your attention, and I think we, the fan, get to benefit from it immensely.
2: I, I think I saw this morning that any time that this is obvious this is the tied for the best first round the Tigers ever had at the Masters. Anytime that he's shot seventy or under though, he's he's had a top ten finish. So it, it bodes well for the weekend, him
0: being in it all weekend. Oh uh, stats normally tell all, the whole story. You would think. <laughs> Trends and things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, joining us today from Canada, a man who has a great beard uh, oh. at Bubba Gumpino. Yesterday on Hammer, Don, myself, Tone Diggs and Michael Lombardi were all like, okay, we're on the Colts for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a commercial today where yesterday everything that I said basically was going to happen in the game, happened in the game, and some guy hammered the parlay and made a shit ton of money off it. Like, shout out to you guys. Let's go. I, I appreciate that guy trusting mm-hmm. me oh, yeah. more than me. Oh yeah. And then it actually just happened or whatever. And then Michael Lombardi came in with some numbers. He was like, Hey, listen, and also this and this and this and this And tones like, Well, and it says this, the money, the reverse money line, it says that we should Ooh. go to the Colts. And Gumpy on Hammered Don yesterday. Okay, the show is 30 minutes long, Monday, Thursday, Friday. YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. Also available as a podcast afterwards. <laughs> Gumpy for what? 30 minute show. 27 minutes. Yeah. Just read off a bunch of stats yesterday about how the fucking Tennessee Titans were just going to go. So I just wanted to be known. Although the stats say Tiger should be in the top 10 with how he started. He's going to go out there and prove it. Well, it's going to prove it. Right. Just like you, Gumpy, all your stats can say whatever narrative you want to push, pal, but they'll bite you in the ass if they don't go out there and prove it, pal.
2: Yeah, a team actually has never won on Thursday night after a 17 yard punt. And a block punt for a touchdown. <laughs> My stats are
4: completely good objective. Nuke right there. Yeah. That is a
0: good, gumpy nuke right there. Hey, that was a bad punt there, okay? You're going to have that every once in a while. Every once in a while, you're going to shank one. You just got to hope that you're not backed up when you do it because then you're just giving away points. And that goes to a theory that a lot of people say, like, uh, all the pressure is in kicking or whatever. It's like, if you don't think there's pressure in punting, like, when you're punting and you're backed up and you're in your own territory, you had a bad ball. Like, that's points for the other team. So, although it isn't immediately affecting like a kicker does, there's a lot of things that can take place. Uh, Trevor Daniel last night, uh, he had a shank and then a block, and that's, that's just a tough go there. Uh, Trevor Daniel, by the way, he is University of Tennessee's punter uh, back in the day. There's videos of him like winning a game from a big monster punt pinning somebody in at the, who's Florida, probably who's Tennessee's big rival. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Probably Florida I don't know, Georgia, something. something along that. line He had a big punt there. He then goes to Houston. He retires Shane Leckler. Whoa. If you do recall. As the Houston Texans basically told Shane Leckler, get the fuck out for him. Now, obviously it didn't work out at Houston. He's here at Tennessee after Ryan Allen was, uh, punting last week after Brett Kern, who's one of the best to ever do it, has been sidelined with an injury last night. Punter, uh, and the special teams affected that outcome mightily. And the over-under bet that Diggs decided to hammer the under on was completely wiped out. Anytime you have a 17-yard punt in your own territory, that's points for the other team. And a block, punt, scoop, and score for a touchdown, obviously that is also points for the other team. Oh. And anytime you hear that word points come up a couple of times, that under bet's normally yeah. going to be in the middle of what we like to call Fuckedville.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it went over by two and a half and points. He, you're
0: so. the mayor! Oh. I,
2: am, I am the mayor of that town. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, good news, though. The donation you gave to that random person that decided to uh, take the donation out of your car. Yeah. You right. got nothing out of it, right? Because you caught him. Right. Oh, yeah. right?
2: Well, I was able to close all my accounts, so they didn't get any money out of my accounts. But they still have my computer and my... My Bible, yeah, and everything. Your Bible, my backpack. <laughs> my backpack.
3: Bibles in the James. My Bible. By the
0: way, would have been the most digs comment of all time to go. Oh, they do have my laptop, my this, uh, my Bible, and <laughs> my
2: Bible does not leave my bedside table. Of course not.
0: But that's why you got to have two. Obviously, like myself and at Boston Connor, we have one for the road, um, mm-hmm. pocket as well. Patriots, Ravens, Sunday night football. Ravens have a potential COVID outbreak happening. They're down. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, I believe, Ooh, after last mm-hmm. weekend. I mean. There's a lot of reason to think that the Patriots can keep this game close. But after Bill Belichick just continues to absolutely dunk on reporters up there in Boston. Do you think he knows what you should know, which is basically like this year's pretty much bail it in, pal?
3: I've never really gone into a game like this and thought to myself, like, I probably should bet on the Ravens because it feels like even without Staley, you know, we're going up against backup linemen against the Jets, and we still really couldn't stop the run, so it feels as though the Ravens might win by 28 points, unfortunately. But but
0: you know, and you were saying this off air because I don't want you to completely discredit yourself as a Patriots fan. You were saying off air. If anybody can figure it out, though, Bill can
3: figure it out. Yeah, absolutely, and we just reset the season, so we're 1-0, still undefeated going into this game, but it's going to be very tough to stop Lamar Jackson. Our defense was levels better last year, and we lost 37-20, so it really does, there's not too much confidence going up against the the number one rushing team in the NFL.
0: Well, I think the Baltimore Ravens offense last year was much different than it is potentially this year, and everybody's like, well, it's because Lamar, 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 it's like Marshall Yonda, right? Mm -hmm. This is just like the Taylor LeJuan thing down in Tennessee. When you got a guy on that offensive line, not only does it help because he's physically good, but the amount... Quentin Nelson. When Quentin Nelson arrived for the Indianapolis Colts offensive line, Anthony Costanza, who was already a very good player, became like two times as good just because you have a guy in it. Yondo was the guy amongst the guys who we talk about as being the guys. Yeah. Like, this is the guy. So I think that was a tough thing to have to replace. And now there's reports. Lamar Jackson was on Rich Eisen's show. Rich, friend of the show, who. Um, Ube- Basically said like yeah people are guessing exactly what we're going to do our offense getting a little stale it's like well Lamar I mean that's an interesting quote I like I yeah. saw it about the bottom of the yeah. uh, the ticker whatever is Lamar tells Rich Eisen show that people are starting to call out what offenses they're running it's like did Lamar say that as like uh, like a joke or how that all come about because if that's the case I mean I would assume that's an interesting couple meeting days. Maybe they do revamp the offense and change it, which could be problematic for the yes. Patriots. I mean, who knows how this whole thing plays out, but I think the Marshall Yonder and I've said this since the beginning, is going to be a lot bigger than people could really account for.
3: Yeah, and luckily we do get our guy back on the D-line, Larry Guy, and I do believe that Stephon Gilmore will be playing on Sunday as well. Patriots All Decade team member, Larry Guy. Superstar. A former teammate of mine, friend of the show. Yep. At Ty
0: Schmidt, Green Bay Packers this weekend. Uh, how, how do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to fare?
1: Well, again, you know, it's supposed to be windy, rainy, etc. etc. I don't think it matters. I expect Raj to throw for at least three touchdowns. It's kind of nice, you know, the Jaguars, you're not looking past them, but you're expecting to win and win handedly. So and,
0: and if you're the Packers, right? I mean a couple you already had a game where you got punched in the mouth. Exactly. So are you past the point of potentially uh like not playing your best games? For instance, Steelers this weekend. Steelers are playing the Bengals. Steelers should beat the Bengals. But the Steelers should have beat the Dallas Cowboys, by 50 last week, and they played very bad. Did that game, even though they won, was that a big enough smack in the mouth to be like, hey, we've watched tape, and this Cincinnati Bengals offensive line cannot protect Joey Burrow against any D-line that can cause any bit of hell? We should sack Joey Burrow 10 times. That And they, that's probably an actual – there should be 8 to 10 sacks this weekend on Joey Burrow With if you've seen the way he's gotten beat up. And Ben Roethlisberger, if you and the offense can't move here, we should think about maybe mailing it. I, I think that is a potential message that's being sent around that thing. Like, we stole a win against Gary Gilbert. We should not have won that. Is that enough to wake them up against the Bengals? I think that's a big story to be told. And for the Packers, it's like – is is what happened to Tampa Bay or what happened to the Vikings at home, Mm -hmm. is that enough for you to view the Jaguars as a team? Like, hey, let's come out here and let's dominate this team. Or is it the NFL and every team is being paid to play football and they can just sometimes have a good game? Those are all Mm -hmm. reasons why none of these things are short bets like the Steelers and Kansas City Chiefs teaser I had last
1: time. And I assume it'll be big for the defense because if it is very windy and very rainy, the Jaguars do have a pretty good rookie running back, and I assume that they're going to be you know, getting a steady helping of that. So. Can he stop
0: the run? We shall we'll see. see. Uh, before we get to a break here and then have David Faraday on the show, Viva Lazito, our man on the couch, has a big poll for today. Zita, what are the up- or what's the update on your big poll, Bill? Yeah, so uh, today's a situational poll. You're
5: at the 40-yard line, only a minute 32 on the clock, and there's no timeouts, and you're down five. Which rookie, rookie quarterback are you trusting to win you the game? We have Justin Herbert, Tua, Joey Burrow, Jordan Love. <laughs> Ooh, good question. How, what's punch? Jordan Love's numbers at right now? Uh, Jordan Love's at five point three percent. Okay, okay. Uh, right. Tua's at ten point seven percent. Justin wow. Herbert thirty seven point nine, and Joey Burrow forty six percent leading it all. Jordan Love and Tua,
3: yeah, it's, neck and neck,
0: gumpy. What the hell is that all about, Gump? Tua feeds off this disrespect. Yeah, he, does. he said he'll never be. He doesn't know if he'll ever be the old Tua. Yeah, huh. yeah. I don't know what that means. Is that a bad thing? I don't know. Time to evolve, Tua. Zito also uh, the situational pull. That you have up there. That I spell something wrong? Clearly. What I spelled wrong?
5: The second word there. <laughs> Situational. That would be the first word. Oh, dyslexic.
0: Sorry. Uh, no, that's poll. That's how we do it here.
6: Okay. <laughs>
0: Joining us now is a man who uh, was on the Masters broadcast team for like uh, 50 years or something like that. Ladies Ooh. and gentlemen, golf legend David Faraday. Yeah! Ah, oh, you're muted. You're muted. You say, "I know it sounds good, whatever's coming out of your mouth, but we can't hear it though." Just want to let you know that we cannot hear. You look amazing. The hair is flowing. The was on How are you dude? Can you dude? hear me? Yeah, you sound amazing as we expected. How are you, boss? It's a Super Bowl of golf, right? That's what
7: I should be calling this? Well, I know. I don't think so. I am actually a little nervous about this because it's been so long since I've worked that uh, i've been half man half mattress for about seven months um you know so uh is there a tournament on this week yeah i do believe there is i want to let
0: you know if you've been half man half mattress this is a good look the hair flow is unbelievable yeah
7: the hair, the beard, the pubes, everything, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's just going out of control. Uh,
0: the Masters in November, your initial thoughts here. We're making it happen, obviously, because it wasn't available to happen in April. What are your opening thoughts here now that we're about a day and a half into this thing?
7: Well, I am. I'm not surprised at all that Tiger Woods um, has shown up with, uh, you know, a, a pretty good. attitude, a pretty good game. Um, this is uh, this is the one that puts a tilt in his kilt, Pat. Um, it, it's uh, it, it means so much to him, and uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me to, at all to see him in the shakeup uh, at uh, uh, come Sunday afternoon. The golf course um, is is what we've all been, uh, you know, wondering what it's going to look like. It's all the this- same color which is unusual the light is different uh no fans there are no roars and whatever it's it's kind of surreal uh you know to be honest and there's rough never mind your second cut that's rough we're talking about this year which is uh you know it's the tallest i've seen
0: is it more so it's much harder to golf you think this year down there than it was ever in time in the past
7: well, no, it's, it's not because the golf course is playing long. And that's kind of counterintuitive. You know, if a golf course plays long, it should be harder. But Augusta is not uh, like that. Um, if, if, if it's hit and stop, and you can see the ball isn't going far when it hits the fairway. It's hitting stone dead. You know, it's stopping uh, on the greens. And that's what makes Augusta easier. And that's why the, the scoring is so good. When it's short and bouncy... That's when Augusta is a nightmare because, you know, if you miss a green, it goes miles away into awkward spots and uh, players have real trouble getting it up and down. So, uh, you know, uh, this year, uh, the way that it's playing wouldn't surprise me to see uh, a very low score uh, that wins it. Yeah, the boys
0: are throwing darts out there, Dave. They're throwing darts out there on, on the exactly. Exactly. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. That's a good golf analogy I just had right there. I'm, I'm not a big golf guy. Why is the master like I'll watch, I enjoy playing it, but I'm not like a a dire. We have a couple in the office that are, you know, live and die with the golf world, but why is the masters the Super Bowl? What what is it why is it the big one? Because of Augustine, how beautiful it is, or what is it about it?
7: Well, I mean it depends where you come from as well, Pat. Um you know, for, for some people the the, the open is the biggest for some people. The U.S. Open is the biggest. And, uh, you know, the PGA Championship has always been, you know, the one that, uh, which is maybe a little unfair, is sort of the little brother uh, to, to the U.S. Open. But it's uh, it, it depends where you come from. The one thing about the Masters that makes a difference is it comes back to the same golf course every year. It's the only major championship that does that. So uh, over the last, I don't know, 75 years, or whatever, people have become familiar Uh, Everyone knows what that shot from the top of the hill at the 15th down to that little sliver of a green over the water. Everybody knows what it looks like. They halfway know to expect, um, you know, and uh, 16, the par three, uh, 13, the par five. uh, These are holes that are sort of ingrained in in people's memories. You know, so uh, it's it's kind of like the Kentucky Derby. Um, or the you know the Indianapolis 500. Yeah. Uh, people that aren't interested in NASCAR will watch that race. People that aren't interested in, in uh, horse racing will watch oh, the Kentucky no. Derby. Uh, David, A lot David, of people David. you're not st- that interested in golf, will watch the Masters.
0: I got to stop you right there. You're right about that last point. Everything you've said has been amazing, but you cannot say the Indianapolis 500 is NASCAR. You will not I'm be not wa- You will not be welcomed <laughs> in India. It's IndyCar. Is it, is it's Jay, Indy. It? It's the Rockets. Come it's on ones that go 220, right. 230 miles an hour. It isn't the taxi cab NASCARs. <laughs> these are rocket ships, David. That's why people watch any 500. Because these women and men strap themselves to actual rockets and try to go 500 miles. And it always ends with at least three catastrophes. Mm-hmm. And then somebody at the end is dumping warm milk yeah. on their face. Yeah. 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 And there's 300,000 people there in about uh, 200 and 10,000 of them have no idea a race is happening because there is a rave happening in the inside. So, I mean, that I just had to correct you there. I'm sorry. We're in Indy. Couldn't let you get away with it, Dave. Couldn't do it.
7: Yeah. Uh, well, no, I know. But that's, I'm showing my Irishness. Uh, that's like football uh, for me. You know, I, uh, after 27 years of being in this country, I still... Uh, I get, uh, you know, I mean, he fumbled in the pockets. I mean, the guy doesn't even have any pockets. What the hell? <laughs> uh,
0: David, the the coverage that you were a part of for the Masters was extensive. Over two decades here, we read on the Internet. Not 100% sure if what the number is exactly. That's a long time down there. They talk about the mystique of the place. Like, well, like cheese sandwiches and, like, there's basic chicken sandwiches and the cookies and stuff. What what? And then you hear people, like, Peyton Manning, Roger Goodell, and Rob Manfred were allegedly walking and following Tiger yesterday, and their members there. Like, is it strictly because of how big the Masters is that everybody wants to be there? Is the course nicer than other courses? Is it like how it operates? Is it just like uh, like what you know what I mean? I, I don't think I am explaining that right. But what makes that place? Everywhere else. Because we've been to, a, hey, I've been to a couple country clubs before. Oh, I've gone yeah. There. Mm-hmm. I've gotten asked to put shoes on in places. You can't golf barefooted here, sir. Like, there's a lot of places I've been that have nice in the golf road. But they always talk about the mystique of Augusta and how, like, it's impossible to become a member and everything like that. Can you speak about that whole part of it?
7: Well, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, you're right. Mystique is, is the right word. Um, you know, if you if you come in through the gates, if you've got a ticket um, and, and you have a can of Coke, they will take that can of Coke from you and pour it into a green master's cup. That's the sort of extent. If you go to Google Earth, uh, now, uh, this is kind of frightening. If you go to Google Earth, you can look at your own house, okay? Oh, yeah. You can might even see your dog in the backyard, and, and you can try this. Go to Google Earth and uh, pull up Augusta National. It's pixelated. These people control the satellite.
6: So,
7: <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know or, or you might get a picture that's a year old, whatever, but it's, it's not, you know, inside the bamboo, uh, and uh, there's bamboo kind of all around the golf course. It's an impenetrable jungle. Um, uh, it's just, uh, it's a different place. It really is. And when you walk onto the grounds, I only uh, I only got to play in the tournament once. Um, but, uh, you know, I did 19 years uh, as a broadcaster. And there's a special feeling when you get onto the grounds at Augusta National. You know you're some someplace special. It's almost like a, a Salvador Dali painting. Yeah, it's surreal. You, you expect to see a clock dripping out of a pine tree.
0: <laughs> well, I view Bob Ross paintings that way, but I do understand that whole thing. Uh, whenever you were talking about it, was there certain words you're not allowed to say? Because I'm potentially – I'm not even 100%. I'm potentially on college game day tomorrow, and they're at the Masters. And there was uh, somebody who was reaching out, and they were like, hey, there's some things you're not allowed to say or whatever, so we have to go through that. And I'm like, well, I don't – me, I can't say them. I'm in Indianapolis. I'm not even there. They're like, yeah, just the way it's kind of how – was there things you weren't allowed to say or things you had to describe differently? Like, what, what is something I – I have no idea what it could be. Like I have no idea what I could potentially. Is there any heads up you can give me there, so I don't offend an entire golf community fan base there?
7: Uh, you know, Pat, uh, I can guarantee you, if you were down there and and doing any kind of a broadcast, the over under will be about eleven seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, uh, there, there are a number of things, uh, you know, but the, the terminology is, is uh, one of the, the things that sets Augusta apart. They're bunkers. They're not sand traps. That's a, that's a no no. Yeah, um, you know, it's not the the back side or the back nine, it's the, uh, it's the second nine. Uh, I mean, we're, we're as broadcasters, informed that th- this is the way we're supposed to describe the golf course. At one point in a meeting, we were told that they're not bleachers. <laughs> They're not bleachers. They're patron observation posts. (laughs) And all
0: these things I'm going to cut into the promo device.
7: I would rather have a six-inch nail driven through my bag (laughs) than than describe bleachers as as patron observation posts. But, uh, you know, it's a special place. They have different rules. You feel... (laughs) different way, way, when you get there and uh you know it, it's a tournament that that uh, everybody loves to watch you know because it, it's part of uh, it's an american institution uh and and augusta national is a national treasure
0: well you know the sec this year a lot of people are saying it's big big difference because there isn't a lot of people in the patron observation posts that are surrounding every single field that we have in the SEC and I think the Masters can be the exact same. They say the roars aren't there from the patron observation yeah. posts whenever Tiger doesn't hit it into a bunker and once he gets onto that second nine wearing a red shirt, it's like what Mac Jones looks like in the second half with Steve Sarkeesian's offense. That I would go into that <laughs> <"Hell> yeah. <laughs> say an entire thing I would do and it would make zero sense but I would do it strictly to do such a thing. David, I appreciate that heads up, Tone Diggs. What he got, David? How do you
2: feel about? How do you think the uh, people at Augusta feel about uh, John? I'm not sure if he's doing it this year. John Daly parking his tour bus outside of Augusta at the Hooters and signing autographs and stuff there.
8: Great
7: business. Well, I, I I don't think that Johnny is there this year. He may, maybe he may be, but he's not the only one uh, that uh, that. Parks a tour bus or whatever. You know, some of the players travel in these uh, RVs and that kind of thing. But Johnny is the only one that parks outside Hooters <laughs> and uh, and sells merchandise, T-shirts, and you know things like that. So, uh, you, you know, it, it's uh, not to be disparaging about uh, Augusta. It, it's uh, it's a special place, you know, especially at this time of the year. But um, one of the reasons that there isn't a blimp at Augusta. Is uh, the, the, they really don't want anybody to see what's outside the bamboo. You know, the Hooters, you know, the topless taco stand, um, the, you know, the, the, the rest of Augusta, essentially. Is
0: that is that why the Google Maps thing is pixelated? That's pretty interesting Ooh. that they can put that Bigfoot filter on that thing immediately. <laughs> yeah. Good for them, man. Uh, who wins it, you think? Dustin Johnson's playing really well. I guess he had a couple bogeys. He was at 10, now he's at 8. He's
2: Him and, him and uh, Justin Thomas are tied for the lead at 8 under.
0: So they're at 8. How how do you see this thing playing out? Obviously, Tiger being in the hunt has always got to be a worry for everybody, but how do you see this thing unfolding over the weekend? Maybe even into Monday, I've been told, or, or assumed if the if the darkness catches up in this second group here.
7: Well, I, it's so hard to pick a winner, especially this early in the, in the tournament. But uh, I, I picked Justin Thomas um, uh, before the, the tournament began, but I really, really like Tiger Woods because nothing puts the tilt in his kilt like like this that. tournament, um, his desire to win, his desire to get that record, to tie Nicholas. Um, it, it's difficult to you know overstate how much he wants that. And uh, when he wants something, he has a long history of getting it. <laughs> uh, the only uh, the only mistake, and I've made a few of them, uh, made it a few times rather. Um, I, I have with Tiger Woods over the years, and I've watched him. Grow up on the golf course, uh, really. It's, you know, 25 years of it um, is uh, underestimating him. Um, he, he's the most extraordinary uh, golfer who has ever lived. And uh, he really wants this. Uh, and it would surprise me, Pat, if he is not in the shakeup, you know, come Sunday afternoon.
0: The shakeup means the few that can really win this thing.
7: Yes. Yes. Now, 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 Dustin Johnson has more talent in his little fingernail than I ever had. Uh, if he plays well, he's going to be very hard to beat. Uh, we've got Justin Thomas up there. We've got a number of, of terrific players. Xander Shoffley, um, who's won big tournaments. Justin Rose, who's a U.S. Open winner. Uh, we've got Lee Westwood and Paul Casey, the two Englishmen that uh, are so popular out there. It's uh, it's just fascinating to watch. It, it's, it's one of those... Great American events. That uh, is one of the very few events, sporting events, that I watch on television. And I work at this crap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming out of hibernation for us. By the way, we appreciate it.
7: It's a pleasure to see you. Give Romy my best.
0: Hey, you too, man. All right, David Farr.
7: Yeah! Man! Woo!
0: Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hall.
8: What's up, dude? What's up, guys? How you doing? You a you, uh, big uh, fan of the Masters, aren't you? I know you had Faraday on.
0: I'll tell you what, bro. Every year when the Masters comes on, I think to myself, you know what? I love golf. <clears throat> I watch it. I take naps to it. All right. I watch incredible plays, incredible moments. And then as soon as the Masters kind of falls off, I get about a week away from it. And I completely forgot that I said that, that I love golf. Yep. The Masters does do something to people, it almost makes everybody interested. And I try to ask Dave Verdi why. And I think it's just because. Uh, if I got his answer right, it's the only time where they're at the same course every single year, so it's become this mystique, and then obviously the members there are Peyton Manning, Roger Goodell, and Rob Manfred. They're following around Tiger. I mean, it is a wild time to be alive, and with 15 college football games being postponed or canceled tomorrow, including the one you were supposed to call, I think the Masters numbers are going to go up as long as Tiger has a good afternoon here.
8: Yeah, it all depends on Tiger, don't you think? I mean, the Saturday Sunday viewership, of course, there's going to be a ton of people that are going to watch, but What is it, triple, you think, if Tigers in contention on Sunday? I would assume
3: at least.
0: I would assume 300%, because you're going to have a lot of channel flippers, right? I would assume there's a lot of channel, or there was going to be at least four SEC games canceled or postponed. Four of them. That's a lot of SEC. Alabama not playing. What's that? What does
3: Connor think of that? It just seems kind of fishy. What do you mean? I mean, AJ, it's very early to get into this. I just hope that the health of all the student athletes is okay, really, before yeah, we think about football. We don't care about yeah. listen, we're we're having this conversation strictly for the ratings of the masters or whatever. Our
0: first thought whenever we hear about these games being postponed is we just hope they survive. TCP, okay? mm-hmm. We hope everybody survives. And, yeah. and you know, we hope it's okay. We hope everything's good. But with that being said, four SEC games out, another eleven games out. I mean, there's a lot more channel flipping, I think, to the Masters than there potentially would have been if it was a stacked college football lineup. Not that it's not. They're still good games. But I think a lot more people would be a lot more interested if old Eldrick the jungle cat was murking around Augusta.
8: Obviously. And and you know, uh, what's weird how they do the coverage too, you can watch like All the different, like, paired, there's different groupings you can watch and play all day online or on ESPN+. And then it goes to CBS on the weekend, but ESPN carries. It's weird how it's split up, I guess, though. I think the weekend is different than the first two days, isn't it? Uh,
0: Yeah, I wonder if Masters... Yeah, I don't know. I would assume CBS potentially has the weekend. But maybe you just said that now because I was trying to figure it out. Did they just business-wise say... Yeah, whoever wants to get in can get in this year. Because, I mean, College Game Day's down there. Yeah. He, Scott Van Pelt is doing Sports Center down there for the last three nights. It's like the Masters are like, all right, we're going to miss out on a lot of audience, okay? But we can use this as an opportunity to grow the sport, grow yeah. the tournament, get more eyes on it. So let's, let, let's welcome in a bunch of people. I'm always intrigued to how that works because they always say it's incredibly impossible to get in there. Uh, and now you got ESPN there, you got CBS there, the Golf Channel's doing stuff. There. I mean, it is it's a lot. And obviously, uh, they're hoping, as a sport and as a tourney and as a club down there, that the biggest names are playing well, and it feels like there's some big names playing very well, and that could all change in twenty three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that could all
8: change. But okay, the Masters figures everything else out, like they this historic course, everything's whatever. They don't let people in, like it's so hard to get a membership. But why do you start Tiger at two thirty? When it's gonna be dark three and a half hours later. It was why, the, why do we do that?
2: It was because of the delay from the rain.
8: I know, but can't they work it can't they make I don't know. Can't they find a way to work it around until we get everyone gets their second round in?
0: Hey, listen. Fucking right, dude. Can't Tiger, why, don't Tiger Tiger the 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 why don't you go down and take the masters? Why don't you run the masters? <laughs> why don't you run the masters, dude? Why don't you run the but, masters? But if Tiger only, let's
8: say he gets twelve holes in today, we're not gonna know if he makes the cut until Saturday.
0: Oh, they which, cut. by the way, I mean guys, he's going to be 12 under. The no, making he's the cut. Make the no, cut. no, no, but that's good for the Masters because now you yeah. definitely have Tiger playing on Saturday regardless. True. So maybe that's why they did. Maybe, maybe, maybe the big brains over there. Somebody had your idea like, hey, let me throw this out here. We need Tiger on in the day so that we know if he made a cut. And they're like, mm, even better, even if Tiger has a bad day. We still make him have to finish at least seven holes on Saturday. What do we do? We just cracked into the Saturday market with Tiger. Whether or not he has a great second round, that feels like the right business play. That's probably why they did that. Thank you for getting us this conversation, though, AJ. Your input led to that conversation. That's probably what they said in the group think meeting. If I had to guess,
3: and it'll be teeing off probably right as game day starts. So game day will also have to split their coverage following Tiger finishes his round. I By mean, the that's way, it's incredible if College Game Day just gets a chance to travel around with Tiger. What a <laughs> yeah, legendary College
0: Game Day that could be. Well,
8: th- doesn't this make Perfect sense. I feel like this had to be set up, or it should have been set up if it wasn't. But they're thinking, all right, Saturday we have big head-to-head competition with college football. So, yes, we bring game day down to remind our football viewers that, hey, the Masters is happening. Maybe we'll pick up some extra viewers. Oh, but then they're also saying, hey, how do we get Tiger to play as many holes as possible on Saturday, on the weekend? So, he's, he might be playing 26 holes, and they're going to show every single shot on Saturday.
0: We Let's have him tee off. What time is the sunset? 4.30? Let's – Let's have him tee off at 4. <laughs> well, that would be obvious that so we're doing it. Okay, all right, 2.30. Right. Can we pack the house in front, though, so it's a little traffic, so he has to go slow? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very interesting. And it's, by the way, I don't know if it's good for golf or bad for golf, uh, that they're that. Uh, I don't want to take shots at them. But War. Tiger I mean, for how long is Tiger going to be the guy? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. at some point, somebody else is going to have to captivate the nation yeah. or the world, and it's going to be tough to be the next guy after Tiger. A lot of people have been uh, dubbed that early. You know, Rory was it. Jordan Spieth was it for a while. Dustin Johnson was going to be it. Brooks Kepka was going to be There's always uh, – there's a lot of people that were going to get deemed the next – Ricky Fowler, I think, was bringing his own fan, and then he finally won or whatever. There's a lot – oh, now we got Bro down there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that were getting there – it's like okay, who will ever be, and will there ever be? Maybe not. Maybe there won't ever be. Okay,
8: if you try, like all those guys are unbelievable. They
0: are, and they all had great runs. But if you
8: try to compare their like what they have done in their careers to what Tiger did his first fifteen or twenty years, whatever it was on tour, like no, no one matches up. It seems like David Faraday says he's the greatest
0: golfer to ever. Golf. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that argues is just not watching golf, pal. Just like uh, LeBron. Exactly. Let's go to Grant, Ohio. What's going on, Grant? Nothing from anybody. That's <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, we just can't. There's no argument anymore. Nothing Nothing anymore. There no, there is. No, there, there is. Just, no, that was me literally well, just tossing Foxy out there yeah, like yeah. a little bit of an alley oop yeah, for him to come in, and nobody even said anything. Fox.
2: You're no. talking about who's still playing, though, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Hello.
3: Yeah. What's going on, Grant? uh not much. Just hanging out at home after a nice long 24-hour shift, guys. Hey, oh, we
0: hey. Uh, yeah, yeah. appreciate you, sir. What do you do for a living?
3: I'm a firefighter
1: paramedic. Yes,
0: sir. Thank you. We appreciate you, sir. Uh, We have first responders in our family. We're very grateful for it. We saw plenty of Christmas celebrations where old Uncle Owen would get a beeper and a buzz on his thing, and he was gone Christmas, Thanksgiving. He was a firefighter. We have uh, uh, EMTs in the family. They do the same thing. So we appreciate your sacrifices for our society. I've seen it firsthand. It's a lot. Very thankful. 24 hours is a long time. I assume you're going to pass out. Good luck on the other side of this thing coming out of your coma. What do you want to talk about, brother?
3: So, with the salary cap allegedly changing next year and lowering, I was wondering if you guys think that players will take a lower pay cut because they're feeling good with their team or if they will go where the money goes. Grant,
0: situations are situational, pal. Mm -hmm. And I, and I I don't know how... How else I could answer that question? Is there some people that will be like, yeah, I'll stick around here because I think we're close and let's win the Super Bowl, and you're probably going to cut, I don't know, 15 players that nobody would have expected to be cut because we're $125 million over the salary cap? Maybe somebody will do that, and they'll look around and say, the grass doesn't appear to be greener anywhere else? Maybe. But a lot of guys, you have to recall and know that their careers aren't that long, so if you're going to get – a lot more money somewhere else. It's like you have to have that fine balance of, yeah, this is the right thing to do, uh, football wise, because it's going to be a much better life. It's going to be a lot more fun. We're going to win. But also, uh, this amount of money is—that's uh, a lot of fucking money. I mean, there's—it's every. It depends where you come from, what you do, how you view things, and where you're at. Apparently, depends how good you are too,
8: don't you think? Like it depends what what level of player you are. You're a superstar. You're still going to get paid, whatever you can go and kind of pick your uh, pick your team or make the, your chan- your. Kind of make the choices yourself, but I'm just thinking, like, what um, if I think it only affects like the high, the top end dudes. Like, I don't think it affects, oh, yeah, many like below them. The their top end dudes actually, they're going to get whatever they want. The middle, the middle tier guys will definitely affect them a little bit. They may get some less money, but I think the guys that are like Dak, if he gets a giant deal, like, that's going to be the same. That it would another year.
0: I don't think so. I think they will have to change it. Well, they'll have to set it up like they have Mahomes' deal, where like the first couple of years are low or whatever, because they don't yeah, know they, what the rebound is.
8: That's why it's great to have guys like Andrew Brandt that know, in Lombardi, they know how like, you can be creative with the language. In your contract to, to free up space, like when you need it, like I, it's very confusing. I, these guys are very smart to put these contracts together and try to stand to the cap.
0: Yeah, let's make everybody happy here. Okay, we're happy uh, with you here and not spending this amount of money because we got to do this. You're happy because you want this amount of money. All right, let's let's figure this out. How about for the next three years, you get paid like a rookie, <laughs> but then afterwards, Ooh. you'll get paid. Like a billionaire. Oh. Oh, so I just got to play three more years, probably win three more Super Bowls potentially, and then I'll get billions of dollars on the other side? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what this contract says right here. Oh, I'll sign it. Yeah, now we can sign everybody else on our fucking team too for the next three years. That's what the That's what the Chiefs did for Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, you're going to get paid next to nothing here for the next couple of years, but good news for you, you're going to have a team around you. Now, I will let you know here, In about three years, your team is going to be tough. It is going to look a lot different. But, hey, fuck that. We'll cross that bridge whenever we get Mm -hmm. there, pal. Uh, But, yeah, there's going to be a lot of big names cut, released. It's going to be very interesting to watch. That's like J.J. Watt. We talked about this the other day. Everybody's like, he's going to get traded. He's going to get traded. I think it's like $17 million against the cap. If he gets cut, Houston Texans owe him nothing. Like, I, I don't. I like. I think J.J. Watt is worth a lot of money. I think J.J. Watt is worth a trade. But if you think about this how teams think about it, I think he's going to end up getting cut. Houston saves that money. And then he has the... World at his fingertips to go wherever he wants. Now, J.J. has not told us that anybody else, but that's just one of those situations where you're going to see a lot of big names get released because the salary cap's going down so much. He will be one of them, I think, and I assume there'll be others that we go, what, whoa, he fucking Um, got cut, huh? Jimmy G. Not Matt Ryan, though, because they owe him $100 million. (laughs) (laughs) He's not getting cut
8: from anywhere. Don't you think it's, like, positional, too, when uh, if you're talking about guys chasing money or, like, say you're a free agent on a team, if you're a receiver... The smart receivers realize, that, hey, if I'm on the Chiefs, if I have Patrick Mahomes, a young stud quarterback, if I have Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback, I'm going to take a little bit less to stay here if this team still wants me instead of going somewhere else where I know the quarterback is not nearly as good because your whole life depends on how good that quarterback is if you're a receiver.
0: And by the way, that is good long-term thinking as well. If I have this great quarterback and I take a little bit less money, let's assume in two years, three years, my price is gonna be worth a lot whenever I go there. Now I have to remain healthy, I have to perform, there's a lot that's on there. But that's also hey, that's a little chestnut checker situation if you really want to dive into that thing, pal. Mm-hmm. Let's get to a phone call here before we get to our first break of the third hour. Let's go to Lee Battle down there in Starkville. Oh, Lee Battle, what's going on pal?
1: Cuzzy boys, Mr. Hawk. Happy feel good Friday down there. Hey pal. Hey thanks for calling down here <laughs> Hey, Cuzzy. so we know that you like to set up uh, office off, uh, office athletic events around the office there. Office uh, Olympics. You ever yeah. thought about setting up uh, Oklahoma drill and trying to transfer some atone CTE into Connor? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, <Wow>, I got
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Automatically assuming that Diggs would win an Oklahoma drill against Connor is very aggressive, I think. That's well, s- not. But Diggs is an athlete. <laughs> Listen, Diggs <laughs> is an athlete, but I saw him run. Uh, I think he ran 15 yards. He broke his foot. Remember, he, mm-hmm. could, he couldn't yeah. even walk for two days.
2: It was a fade route. It was sweet. Yeah,
0: yeah. A- <laughs> uh, Connor would have the most energy in the Oklahoma drill, which yeah. I think at this
3: age would bode well for him. For anybody, just thinking about the Oklahoma drills, you know, get my loins going. I'm yeah, pretty good about it. <laughs> getting a little tilt in your kill. Yeah, probably. a little bit. Too old for that shit. I'd uh, break a shoulder immediately. Yeah.
0: Did you? You probably were part of plenty of Oklahoma drill throughout your life. I'd assume. They killed so many people.
8: Well, yeah, we, when I was young, like growing up, third, fourth, fifth grade, we would do it. We call it hamburger drill. Did you do it where you lay on your backs and your yeah. heads would touch and mm-hmm. they just pull the whistle and whoever can get up the first and just kill the other guy? And yeah. what's the
0: other one, Bull in the Ring or something like that, yeah. where there's just one person in there, he has to get out and he's just trying to get out and oh. just getting killed by everybody? I mean, there are some drills that I've witnessed and been like, is that making us a better football team? Like, yeah, yeah, toughs him up. I'm like, well, that one person for sure is potentially getting. Toughed up, I guess. But boy, he also could be dead, that guy. There was this one time we did the... Uh, they kind of... They transformed the Oklahoma drill into like... O-line, D-line, yeah. linebacker, running back, and then wide receiver, corner. You know, because it used to just be one, boom, boom, how's it going? And then they kind of it evolved into that drill, which I don't know the name of it. I played running back one time. One for one, touchdown scored. How you doing? Keep it moving. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah, yeah. No big deal. No big deal. How you doing? Let me get it. The... That I... that was in college? Yeah, yeah. The NFL, they wouldn't let me even look at that drill. <laughs> wouldn't even <laughs> let me. If I'm tackling anything, I'm landing on a crash pad. There's an entire... Don't even run sprints. We don't need your poor hamstring. Just, just fucking sit over there, okay? <laughs> Kick the ball. College was a little bit different. You know what I mean? College was a little bit different. Sounds like, a, sounds like a pretty good gig to me. Yeah, if you do well. I mean, if you hit a 17 yard and they get your next one blocked, even though it's not your fault, you're probably done with a job. <laughs> <laughs> Were they run Oklahoma's in NFL? I don't know. Shauna probably did remember the Bengals yeah, did it yeah. on uh, Hard
8: Knocks. They did it, and I remember because I think Roy Williams, the safety, I just remember him complaining to Marvin, like, come on, Marvin, you know I'm not doing it. It was his first year with the Bengals, and Marvin's like, it's what we do. <laughs> and I thought we were going to do it my season in Cincy, and everyone was talking about it, and then Marvin, I don't know if it was the first year he didn't do it, but, yeah, we did not do it when we put pads on for some reason.
0: And were you, what was the feeling? You dreaded the thought of having to do Oklahoma draw, i assume.
8: I mean, I, th- I thought it was stupid. I thought, like, after third grade, like, I get it. This, we're, this How is this helping us as a football team? But then if I, I'm like, if I'm going to do it, like, I have to survive. And to survive, you have to try to kill everybody.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so joining us now is a man who's the head coach at Lipscomb Academy down in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I have their merch on because their merch is maybe the best merch I've ever seen. Ladies and gentlemen, head coach Trent Dilf. Yes.
4: On, you uh, you know, you can cut the sleeves off that if you want.
0: No, no, no. This this thing is awesome. I've never seen a hoodie like this. It's got the scallop bottom. I mean, this is maybe the best piece of merch I got, pal.
4: Well, we got more coming from you for you. We have a uh, cut off. Hoodies that I'm Ooh. getting ordered. Are they, are, they yeah.
0: or are they performance? Are they performance? Because I'm a performance Ooh. guy. You know what I mean, yeah, You're a
4: big performance guy.
0: Um, uh, how's the team doing? How are we? How's high school football? What has the message been to the team? Is it over? Did we get through COVID? How are we handling everything, coach?
4: Um, sorry if my screen's all messed up. No, you're um, good. You look good. Uh, we won our first round of the playoffs 63-3. to let let's believe they scored on you guys that, that <laughs>
0: defense needs to tighten up
4: coach well it was actually you'll you'll appreciate this you can get on phil dawson about it we've been unbelievable on teams this year i mean unbelievable except we had all of our third string guys in on punt return and they did that little rugby style rollout to the right on a fourth and 18 yeah and we all covered we were holding up and cut and uh we were holding up and the punter ran for the first down that allowed them to kick a 48-yard field goal to score the three points. Otherwise, we would have shut out. So I'm pretty happy about that. I mean, yeah.
0: Way to go. That's good for the brand. I mean, bad for your team, good for the brand. I'm happy that the punter and the kicker said, listen, we are not getting shut
4: out here tonight against Lipscomb Academy. When's the next game uh, tonight? Do we play tonight? Uh, It was supposed to be tonight. The team in the second round had to cancel because of COVID. We found out yesterday. So, pretty disappointing, but that's the world we're living in. So, what does that mean? They lose, or? They lose, we move on. Yeah! All right! right. Yeah! Yeah. Uh, I feel bad for those kids. They're high schoolers, but good for your kids. Yeah. go, let's go. We'll play in the semis next week. Okay,
0: so... You're dealing with it at a different level. College football this weekend has 15 games being postponed or canceled or something like that. Is Has it been incredibly difficult to really do this thing? Like your team obviously didn't have to cancel tonight's game, but your team could have been. I assume that is kind of like the thing, like it could happen to us or whatever. How how have you been able to handle it? And are you surprised that 15 games are being postponed this weekend in college football?
4: Yeah, you know, I got asked this a lot early on. I think the challenges of high school and college are very different, obviously. Colleges, you're dealing with uh, kids crossing state borders. You're dealing with an older age group. I think we talked about this last time I was on the show. Uh, and they're getting tested on a regular basis. My daughters are college athletes, and they're getting tested two or three times a week. At uh, the high school, there's no mandatory testing, for one. Um, so you don't you're not getting the asymptomatic kids... Uh, we did an incredible job, our administration here, of making sure that we set a bunch of protocols in place early, early on. Um, so we sprayed everything uh, that the kids could ever be around with microbial spray that immediately kills the coronavirus. Uh, we've since reapplied it. It's cost tons of money. This <laughs> stuff's really expensive, but our administration has leaned into that. Uh, our family's been really good about following the protocols, structured practice and meetings and all that stuff uh in certain ways to make sure the kids are moving around open air uh, open spaces Mm -hmm. yada 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 everybody knows the drill we've been dealing with this forever um but i feel like we've done as good a job possible now we've been perfect no no way we've been perfect but uh, we've done our best Uh, we've had a few isolated cases at the academy um the contact tracing was thorough Uh, it didn't affect our football team except for early in the summer so Uh, I think kind of how we structured it early on has given us a chance to get this far.
0: That's awesome. We appreciate you doing that. And shout out to your kids also buying in because they're going to have to do that for this whole thing to work. Now, uh, let's transition to the NFL a little bit, which you had a lot of success in, know a lot about. Your guy Tua, and I only say your guy Tua because you were the one tasked with, and not tasked with, you had the incredible opportunity to be the guy who he worked with before the combine, before the draft and everything like that, after coming off of a hip injury. He finally gets a start. First game, as a starter. He kind of has the handcuffs on him, only throws for 93 yards. The question, is Tua going to be an NFL quarterback, was not answered in that game, right? They won, but it was not answered. This past week against Arizona, and I think the reason why not a lot of people are talking about how good two it was is because they potentially didn't watch that game. He was awesome. The decision-making, uh, the, the, the moxie, there was moments of leadership, there was moments of every, there was toughness. He was looking to hit somebody at times, and he answered Kyler Murray, who also has the same intangibles, so the future is very bright, but Tua in specific, he looked unbelievable. And I would assume that you expected that. Is that something that Dolphins fans should be like, yeah, this is why the move was made, this is why he was picked five, this is the guy that he is on a regular basis?
4: I really do. I think he's going to have some ups and downs like all of them have. Uh, less less downs than ups, obviously, if you're talking about Burrow and Herbert and now Tua. These rookie quarterbacks are pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah, I thought what I was most impressed with the Tua was his eyes. They, and I think I've said this about Burrow and Herbert, too. You know, they're, they're so settled. They're so calm. And AJ, you can speak to this. I mean, you've played against them usually young quarterbacks are frenetic and their eyes are bouncing around. They're not quite sure what they're seeing. It, the, the game moves so fast. Uh, maybe what you prep for in practice isn't what you're getting in the game, and you kind of see that uh, those frenetic eyes by, by the quarterback. And I thought, too, it was very settled. Uh, he manipulated the defense with his eyes a few times. On that final touchdown pass, he's obviously got a zone beater to the left, a man blitz beater to his right, and he starts off left and immediately recognizes the difference and rips it on the back shoulder, and they get the touchdown out of it. So just little subtle things that I look for in young quarterbacks to see kind of where they're at in the in the development um, progression. And, and he's far beyond his years, as are Herbert and Burrow. Uh, it's pretty phenomenal. Um, you talk to Drew Bledsoe and I were texting, and, and we're just blown away um, by how advanced these quarterbacks are year in and year out. Coming in, I used to be, you know, sit the young guy, let him learn from somebody else's mistakes. Don't let him get too much scar tissue. Uh, wait till your team's ready to have success. And I, I'm wrong. I mean, these guys throw them out there, throw them to the fire. They're advanced beyond their years, and and they're uh, they're showing you why they're they big time picks, franchise franchise type players, and and will make five hundred million dollars one day playing the position.
8: <laughs> Trent, awesome. I know you uh, you have a relationship with a ton of coaches and, and players throughout the league. And uh, I love how you describe, uh, you said, well, obviously he had a, a zone beater back on the backside yeah. and a man beater on the front <laughs> side like anybody else knows that when you watch game. <laughs> I, I could just see Pat's brain just getting upset and saying <laughs> you, you assume that people know that. But when it comes to offensive yeah. play calling, I guess, who do you think is doing the best job with a young quarterback, like first or second year guy right now? Because I think that is, has a massive impact on an offense, let alone a young quarterback, if you have a, a legit play caller.
4: It's a great question. I would go with Pep Hamilton in, in LA with what he's doing with Herbert. Um, you know, you go back and you watch the Oregon film, and they kind of ran a hybrid spread. Uh, when Herbert was at his best, when he was pushing the ball down the field, uh, he, he's uh, those piercing throws. So let's, so everybody can know what I'm talking about. Like that 15 to 30 yard. There you go. We call it a one one and a half ball. It's a rip shot. Uh, it's not a lob shot, a Russell Wilson 45-yard shot. Uh, it's in that the second layer of the defense. You're over the linebackers before the safeties.
0: In the um, windows yeah. there. You know, there's windows there you go to throw a ball into. You, you know? those you like that was
4: close up quick out there, by the way. Close up quick. <laughs> he, was, he was phenomenal at Oregon <laughs> doing that. And what Pep's done is he's built a lot of this passing game where they're mimicking those types of throws. Um, I like that he's getting them kind of the half rolls, the max protections, the bootlegs. He's not having to check a lot of protections at the line of scrimmage. It's not you know five out all the time where you might be looking hot one way and having to work a concept the other. Uh, he doesn't have to deal with a ton of eye candy. He's getting them defined looks. He's letting them push the ball down the field, supporting them with a good run game, and taking advantage of his talent, knowing that he can develop them over years of, of more the graduate level reading of defenses and reading of fronts. I've been really impressed there. Um, I, I love, listen, I was a little skeptical on Cliff Kingsbury and the air raid going to the NFL. I think how he's adapted the air raid to some NFL principles. I saw him the other a couple weeks ago. They played three tight ends in the game. They're in a jumbo formation. They're bootlegging out of it. I think they've done a nice job with Kyler of making sure he gets enough spread stuff so he could utilize his incredible athleticism but also some traditional stuff where you can protect them and let them push the ball down the field and support them with a strong run game. So those are the two that jump off um, or jump out at me. Um, and then, again, I'll go to Green Bay. I, I mean, everybody wants to jump off the bandwagon every time there's a stinker, but I think this is an incredible marriage, Matt LaFleur Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that Aaron still gets enough of his spread stuff that he loves – uh, he loves to spread you out, control the line of scrimmage, have it be his show to run. I think you got to allow him to do that. But you also got to protect him. you got to let him take those shots and do the misdirection play action stuff. And I think he's completely bought into it. He actually looks like he loves it. Um, but I like that blend. I think there's something to be said of uh, keeping defenses off balance by running a lot of different stuff offensively. And I like what Green Bay is doing that way.
0: That's what I always saw too. That's why my playbook was thick. Ed Tone Diggs, what do you want to think though? <laughs> uh,
4: Trent,
2: Trent, Mike Tomlin came out today and said, as long as everything's good, um, Big Ben's going to be back tomorrow for their walkthrough and then play on Sunday. And they'll have an extended walkthrough tomorrow so that Ben could go through some more stuff since he didn't practice this week. Does it matter when he's been in the league this long? Does it matter that he didn't practice this week at all?
4: I think it matters a little bit i wouldn't call it a huge thing i do think these guys at least i was this way and most of quarterbacks i talked to you want to keep your timing you know you want to keep your rhythm um there are little nuances to the passing game that you need to work practice is important it's not like you don't have to go to practice as an nfl player um but a guy like ben i think one week it's not going to be a huge deal now if this keeps happening like if if, uh, who was it last week? Strat- uh, Statford yeah. missed the week, right? And then uh, came in and played? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think if that happens multiple weeks, you could really get set behind. Um, I think you'd fall into a situation where you just kind of lose your rhythm and timing in the passing game especially. I do think with two walkthroughs, he can get the game plan digested. He can understand the different checks they want to make. He can watch all the film on his own. So he's fully prepped from that standpoint. And his body, you know, at that at that age, probably needed some rest. So long-winded answer of saying i don't think it's a huge deal this week i think if it ha- happened more than one week it could become a problem
0: well let's hope it there's nobody uh locker mates of his uh out there sucking down covid <laughs> right the, the um not that they know not that they know tom brady uh one of the worst games that have ever seen tom brady on a football field be a part of primetime television uh older quarterback legendary quarterback goat quarterback I assume that you assume. Now I don't know what to assume with you, but the he's going to have a massive week, right? Like that, that, what happened last week will be something in your eyes that he will remember and will not happen again. And why does it feel like, uh, like for instance, there's a bunch of stats for Aaron Rodgers after a loss, like how he performs the next week, and I would assume that there's the same type of stats for Tom Brady after a loss, how he performs the next week. What is it about those games? Do they like wake you up and be like, okay, not just me, but we got to all buy in a little bit more? Why does it seem like there has to be? And I was a part of a team that needed some wake-up calls, and I don't think I even really – what, in your eyes – why does that have to, like, Gary Gilbert almost beat the Steelers last week, and the Steelers are undefeated, and, and you know what I mean? Like, why do those games happen, and why do people come out on the other side of it, like, ready to take over the world?
4: Well, what I think we're all naturally lean towards complacency. Um, we lean towards being comfortable and, um, you know, smelling the perfume that people are pouring on us. I think we all have to fight against that. You guys probably recognize that as professional athletes as well. Yep. Um and, I, and I'm not just saying from the player's standpoint, like a team. Um, I think one of the reasons why a Brady and a Rodgers and probably a Breeze and I'm sure some stat geek can look all this up that they respond <laughs> so well after a bad performance is because they become the moral voice of reason in the locker room. They become the moral authority. Uh, Coaches' voices go dry, as we all know. I mean, I I can't tell how many times Tony Dungy gave a speech that I fell asleep in, and I love Tony. Uh, Or Brian Billick tried to give us a rah rah, and we were rolling our eyes. I probably do it here at the high school level. I probably come out with my big, you know, theme of the week on Monday, and half the guys are like, "Shut up, coach. We don't want to hear this." I mean, coaches' voices get um, drowned out. Players don't. Uh, especially Hall of Fame players. And I think when Tom Brady goes into that locker room or that film room on Monday and starts saying, hey, th- this isn't how we roll. Uh, you better pull your head out of here. You know what? Uh, we got to get this thing going. I think it has a little more juice to it. I think Aaron, when he calls out a teammate, uh, or not a teammate, but a side of the ball or, or heightens awareness or gets guys on edge, uh, you're going to get more out of them. Uh, I'm a big believer. I know I was this way as a player. I've seen as a coach. I've seen as I've studied the game. Uh, teams play better when they have an edge. Uh, it's how to, how to get, them, get them to have that edge. And I think players typically can create that edge more than coaches can. And I'm guessing that after a, a tough performance, whether it's by Tom Brady, the whole team, whatever, uh, that he sets that edge real quick.
0: Um, do you think about that when you're speaking to your team? Like, all right, we're in the semifinals now. They're, they're, they've been checked out of you, huh? Is that what your, your thoughts are?
4: I choose my words carefully. I try not to talk too much. Um, <laughs> Smart. It, it's. I've really tried to learn from my years of being around the game uh, that when you want a message shared, you when you really want to hammer something home, you have to create moments to get it across, and you got to choose your words carefully and not give them too much. I had a player come into me this off season, and he said, "Coach, man, we love. I love the year. It was an unbelievable. Changed my life, but." You know, half the stuff you talked to us about, I didn't have a clue what you were talking about. (laughs) So I got way too esoteric last year, way too big picture. This year I've tried to keep it really uh, theme-centric, really tight. Uh, Empower my team leaders to kind of build off the messaging. And, you know, I'll probably talk to them real quick on Saturday to review the game, uh, set a theme for Monday, and then in practice maybe two different times for – 30 to 90 seconds Uh, try to keep it any more than that and they're going to tune you out
0: that's awesome because now whenever you speak it's much more important it's like hey that guy over there he doesn't speak much but when he does we should all listen did you say esoteric back there a couple sentences ago and (laughs) what is that
4: it's a big word for me i looked it up before the show today so kind of means out in the clouds big picture thoughtful
0: Really good. Yeah. Crushed it. Yeah. Hey, that's a really good word. Zito's filled with big words too. What do you got, Z? Oh yeah. Uh, Trent, you're the only quarterback
5: in history to ever get ejected from the game. Were you scared to punch? Uh, what was it John Randall in the face?
4: Johnny Randall. Well, I obviously wasn't scared because I did it. I was. Crazy. Oh. Oh. I had kind of. I was kind of a hothead. Uh, he had got. That was back in the days when he would like study your bio and talk. You know, you'd be at the line of scrimmage. You'd be telling you about your sister and your mom, oh. and your wife, oh. and. Johnny uh, and I became great friends later in our careers when we played together at the Seahawks, but, uh, he, he was talking all kinds of smack. He'd got me around the knees earlier in the game. Oh, come on. I was getting frustrated. I threw one of my idiotic interceptions that I did often at that point <laughs> in my career. And, uh, I don't know what got into me, but I tried to punch him in the face through his face mask. So it was how smart I am. And, uh, he laughed. The the greatest part about it is I can vividly remember. It was on their sideline around the 35-40, I think, and I'm throwing punches at a face mask like an idiot. And he's laughing at me. He's got all this black paint on his face, and he's cracking up because he knew he got in my head. It was a long walk from that sideline to the tunnel on the opposite end, end of the field as they kick me out of the game, let I'm, me tell you.
0: I'm watching the NFL films about it, I believe, where they showed it all. Happened. You were on the Bucks at the time, it looks like, yep. and uh, Chris Carter, John Randall, Tony Dungy, and everybody that's speaking about this is laughing hysterically while describing <laughs> the situation. That's tough. Alright, good for you. It was your throwing hand, too. That was really smart.
4: Yeah, that was really smart. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: AJ, what do you got, pal? What, what was it like, or who
8: was the first person you saw in the locker room when you <laughs> were in there were you were you throwing your helmet, were you kicking things? Was it like a move? Yeah.
4: I went in through a fit and our, our security guy kind of tried to come from we had played golf a little bit, the security guy and I, so uh he, he they kind of sent him in with me to calm me down and, <laughs> and then it took me about five minutes and I was like, what did I just do? Yeah. Like that's gotta be one of the all time dumbest things. And then sure <laughs> enough uh, that Monday in film, everybody's talking about it would be on NFL Films one day as a blooper or something, and sure enough, it is. It has
0: its own special. This is <laughs> a punch. Good luck in the semifinals, Coach. We appreciate you, man.
4: I appreciate you guys, man. It's a fun. Show. I've been watching it a lot. Um, love it. Me and my. Uh... Oh, by the way, is the right hand man the funniest uh, uh, I mean, of all time? I, we... I'm, so I'm thinking about getting my first one um, over Christmas break. But man, he's got me thinking about the right <laughs> <Yeah>, hand man. <laughs> too. Good. He was at our game the other night. Taylor's become a big Mustang football fan here in Nashville. He was at our game the other night, so Am I might honor him by getting a little right hand man.
0: We read your uh, your tweet question earlier in the show with the segment chat with Pat, and uh, we all agreed with you. As soon as he brought that thing out, because I called him, I'm also thinking about getting my first tattoo as well. You and I are potentially in the same uh, mind space when it comes to that. In the mustache, I remember seeing a guy in college. He had this mustache on his thing. He was the coolest dude of all time. I was like, if I ever get a tattoo, that's what I'm gonna get. So whenever he goes like, "Oh, it's yours," like claiming the mustache, I'm like, "All right, Trent," I, or "All right, Taylor," I just want to let you know, like, you're not the first human ever. To <laughs> That. And then out of nowhere, oh, yeah, how about this one? And it was just like such a dunk on me. It was awesome. It was perfect. And it's
4: brilliant. It was, but you're calling on Faraday. is was one of my all-time favorite people. I'm a huge golf dork, so you're calling on him on the NASCAR Indy Racing was spot on. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, way, to, way to kick him in the chop. What do you
0: think about the Masters, man? Obviously, are you a member? You're like the type of human who could, you're a quarterback in the NFL, Super Bowl champ. You're, you are one mm-hmm. of the people who they'd be like, yeah, you could potentially. Mm-hmm. Now, gonna you did try to punch a man with a helmet on, so I'm not 100% sure.
4: <laughs> um, I'm not a member. I'm a member of some other pretty cool places, but uh I'm a I'm a golf fanatic. I will I haven't played in a couple of years because I tore my rotator cuff. But uh, I you know it's one of those times of the year. Obviously, usually in the spring that you mark it on the calendar. My family knows not to bug me that weekend. So this weekend's a little weird. Uh, we have it on in the coach's office downstairs. When I get off this, I'll go watch a little bit of it. But uh, it's a special week, and I like how David explained it. I think it's it's um, when you know as a as a fan when you know what's coming because it's at the same course every year and they talk about how the players every single year have to face the same challenges of the wind on 12 and choosing clubs, 8 or 9 iron. And, you know, the narratives build on each other every single year. I think it adds to the drama of a game that can be kind of boring on TV if it doesn't have a storyline.
0: It's normally great happen for me, but the Masters is something that you normally stay awake more often than not. We have an update because Tiger has teed off. Diggs, how Ooh. is how is the Jungle Cat doing down there?
2: Uh, he's still on one, so he has not completed a hole yet uh, this round. Oh, but he sounds like
0: he's doing great. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah, for birdie. semifinals <laughs> of the state championship happen next Friday. Friday night, head coach of Lipscomb Academy, let's go, let's Super go, Bowl go. champion quarterback, Trent Ofer. Yeah! Trent? So, we're going to do another segment today, okay? okay? And I have no idea if the segment has an intro, if it has a, a video that can run, or a graphic mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. like that. If you do recall, we tried this on Overreaction Monday, wanted to have a segment where we get listeners more involved in the show. Right. And some people can't call in because we don't have, uh, we only have six lines, so, and always don't always get to all the callers, obviously. So, we opened up to Twitter, and on Monday it was, uh, hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but... Okay, that was the uh, the whole hashtag. We made a graphic for it, an intro video, mm-hmm. a slide video, and everything like that. Uh, we we go to intro that particular segment because we are a big segment show, obviously. And uh, all of a sudden, boom, doesn't work, falls flat. Yeah. Right. Then part of the segment, Gumpy, was part of, microphone doesn't work. See you later. Uh, oh. So then we get to the whole thing. I mean, it was just a complete clusterfuck. A lot of shows rely strictly on segments. Right. Uh, we've never had one. We tried one. It failed. Comedy of errors. Now, let me tell you something. In life and in this show, there are going to be times where you fail, but you need to believe in something. Oh, hell yeah. You need to say, hey, although the first segment was a comedy of errors... In a litany of failures, proceeded in about a minute and a half time period that maybe created the worst sports radio in the history of sports radio. What? Just days later, you get back up on that segment, fucking horse. Okay, you put your feet in the stirrup thingies mm-hmm. yeah. and you go ahead and say, Hah! and you run. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our second ever segment, really, that potentially has a graphic open and close. Hashtag chat with Pat. Let's
6: go! Oh, yeah!
3: sweet noise Woo! sound like
0: NASA back there maybe we add chat with Pat with it you know like <laughs> maybe like voices in the back but yeah. chat, hey chat, not a bad opening graphic shout out Jay shout out Foxy getting that thing to run sure, yeah, was- uh, this morning I tweeted out hey we're having a good feel good Friday here with uh, Dave Faraday, Trent Zilfer. and if uh, you want to ask some questions use hashtag Pat, chat with Pat we'll get you on the show uh, we, we did not trend today Well, it's Friday. We went four. We went four times in one week, though, within the last ten days. And I'll tell you what. Good times. (laughs) Good times are had by all.
3: Fantastic.
0: Hashtag chat with Pat. Let's get to the first one, Foxy, shall we? Chat with Pat. Have you ever wondered if Palomalu was tipped off by someone internal that you were going to run that fake? Oh yeah. Whoa. You know me, Jake. Okay. You've seen the way I tweet. You have seen the way I talk. You see the way I think. At this point, I'd assume if you follow along, I've obviously thought about this. A lot. A lot, a lot. Lay your head down on the pillow. You think to yourself, you know, I could be a person that has celebrated a touchdown in my hometown in front of almost all my family, and I could be an NFL touchdown scorer. There's not a lot of people that have done that. And whenever people want to come out and say punters and kickers aren't athletes, I'll go, excuse me. Uh, What position do you play? And they'll say some very tough position, and I'll say, I respect you. I want to let you know that. But in an NFL game, I have uh, completed a pass. Mm -hmm. I've run for a first down. Uh, I've tackled. Uh, I've kicked a field goal. I've punted. I've kicked off. I've recovered an onside kick. And if I could have had on there that I scored a touchdown, I mean, that is basically what part of football have I not done at the highest level? Riddle me that. And it's all because fucking Troy Amalu. So if you don't think I haven't thought about an incident, Inside job, potentially taking down my biggest dream. Uh, Obviously, you don't know me that well, or I haven't voiced it. I want to let you. Yes, I've thought that. But we learned uh, via Samuel Brown. Samuel Brown. I believe so. Yeah. Samuel Brown. Corn. Yes. Corn. Yeah. We learned from Corn who had an interview with Polamalu uh, whenever he was down to the Super Bowl for head and shoulders. Samuel Brown asked him what he did at. And he gave an answer. He said that when I came skipping on the field, his, my aura and energy was such, and it was so big and he got a good read from it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then we talked to Ike Taylor, former teammate. And he says, no, no, no. He might've said that out loud. But the real answer is he actually has a baby Jesus in his helmet telling him plays. This is kind of how he operates. Mm -hmm. He, is one of the most religious people of all time and he was a human that was able to predict plays more than anybody in history change games completely and not only was your life ruined there were thousands of others that he did that to and nobody really understood so you just got to expect that so i'm not 100 sure what the reason was was it because i gave it away i'm gonna say maybe that's a maybe answer was it because jesus told him maybe Maybe that's it. And maybe it's because somebody inside our building didn't want to see me succeed. And I'll tell you what, when I start thinking about that, it's a tough night. It is disappointing. It is heartbreaking. And ultimately, probably happened. Oh, shit. Bucking <laughs> eight. All right, what's the next one, Foxy? What do you got? Uh, Dilford Dimes, a I man that's going to be joining us in about 35 minutes from right now, or less than an hour. Uh, hashtag Feel Good Friday. Is anything better than Taylor LeJuan right-hand man? I don't think so. No. no. That was one of my favorite moments. Led off the show, uh, talking about the tattoo that Taylor One could get. I mean, I don't think we officially agreed to a bet yesterday while talking about the tattoo thing. Uh, but he says he gets random tattoos all the time. If he wants to get it on there because the Colts beat the Titans after he said the Titans would beat the Colts, and mm-hmm. they did not, and everything like that. it was great Thursday night football game. It was. I'm grateful, and, and by the way, Taylor the One not playing potentially one of the biggest reasons why he potentially might have had to get that tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a you know kicking his sack to Taylor. It's like yeah. mm, your team is not as good because you were so good. Uh, you're their biggest fan. It's tough to know that. God damn it, if we were playing, we could make another run at this thing. You know what I mean? Ironic Taylor Lewan was a hey. big loss there. Taylor Lewand was a big loss. Just like Marshall Yonda was to the Baltimore Ravens. And a lot of people want to talk about Lamar, and you can do that all you want. They're a different team this year than they were last year. And that's, I don't want to say mostly, but a lot because – They had one of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play football in the middle of their line last year. Taylor Lewan, one of the best offensive linemen to ever play football. Whenever you lose that, that is a tough thing to fill, and nobody talks about the offensive line enough. So what we're saying is Taylor Lewan, right-hand man tat, awesome. You told us you get a bunch of random tats, awesome. If the Pat McAfee Show 2.0 ends up on there, we'll be grateful. But getting a dub against you guys was enough. It you know was. what I mean?
1: Like yeah. you said, ironic twist of fate. Because it is.
0: And I almost wanted to tell him, like, hey, Taylor, I think you're going to have to get that tap because you and I are talking right now. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. you should be getting –
0: like, you're so good at football. You should be getting ready for this game right mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? But instead, you're talking to us hilariously, which we appreciate. <laughs> Great conversation. And I, I think – you know, he's so humble, he didn't even realize that. He mm-hmm. didn't even realize that. Oh, it's because – um, Without me. See – Imagine if he came out and said that, by the way. That would have been better than Red Hand Man.
3: Yeah. yeah, well, they have no chance They're not Some, playing the though. So.
0: Foxy, what's the last one, pal? And hashtag chat with Pat segment that we have here on the show. Uh, hashtag chat with Pat. Was your fourth down run against the Titans called or just reaction when the snap wasn't great and you saw open space? Oh, this is against the Titans. We, By the way, we put together a highlight reel yep. oh, yeah. uh, against the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Foxy did. I'm very thankful for that, Foxy. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot about a lot of things that have happened in my football career, by the <laughs> way. And that is, so, Foxy sends me this video. uh, We're playing today. He's like, hey, if you want Throwback Thursday, pretty cool clips here. And I started watching. I was like, damn, I forgot. I completely forget and then I started remembering. and I was like oh my god I do remember it was pretty cool to kind of live that's only like four or five years ago by the way not that long ago right and I completely forgot that I even played in the league so watching those things made me feel good and I put out the hashtag people forget I want to let them I forgot to yeah. I go on YouTube there's an awesome highlight of Pat and you see plays that you're like wow
5: I completely forgot this even existed is
0: that the that's the that's where you that's where you get these clips from I would assume yes okay boy yes. Fox. <laughs> shout out to that clip. <laughs> yep. shout, out to that. shout out to you for even knowing it exists and doing that, but uh, yeah, that was, a, uh, that was a bad snap, uh, which Overton did not have a lot of, by the way. High right snap, uh, caught it as i was coming down i noticed that uh my right wing might have been jack doyle because we were kicking right we always put jack towards the side we were kicking which was definitely um something that other people got a good read on but jack doyle was so goddamn good it didn't matter uh but i think he went low took the guy out i saw a guy falling while doing it and i was like okay here we go and we were down at the time why not go for this thing and i looked like an athlete it was very very nice and um, if I try to punt that with where I caught it at, it probably gets blocked anyway. So it was really the only option at the time, I thought. Uh, and it got a chance to be a real highlight. But it was awesome. And as I run off to the sideline, uh, first of all, I grab an extra yard by extending the ball. Mm-hmm. I think they spotted it where I went out, not where the ball is. Huh. Fucking should have challenged that. God damn it.
3: you real jag off for that move. I Thank saw you. it. I was uh,
0: stealing it, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Fucking stealing. Extra yardage. Yeah,
0: give me that. All right. It's
3: game in, And I
0: sprint. Right past the special teams coordinator, by the way. So special teams coordinator, uh, his name was Nate at the time. I don't know if he's still there, if he's coaching somewhere else. Um, good guy. He was my senior bowl special teams coach because the Jacksonville Jaguars were our coaching staff at the senior bowl. The special teams coach had just got fired. He was the assistant special teams coach. So he was our acting special teams coach. Younger guy at the time. Super cool. Nate, I was field goal kicker there, but I would punt the ball every once in a while. And Nate was like, we should be telling people that you can punt too. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then that's when the Cincinnati Bengals special teams coach Darren told me uh, that I should never punt a football again because I was at the senior bowl kicking field goals. Mm -hmm. Darren, also good guy. But Nate was there. So everything we did against the Tennessee Titans ended up being right in front of Nate's face. And it was, it's awesome. It was absolutely awesome for me. But for him on the other side, the look of despair every single time was just heartbreaking because I love the guy. You know what I mean? It's like against the Texans, I I kicked an onside kick to myself or whatever. And if you watch that clip long enough, they go right to the special teams coordinator's face. And special teams coordinators watch so much film because they have to coach so many people and there's so much shit that you have to cipher through like in your job everybody knows special teams is the least uh important one of the three in in the view of everything so the amount of time you get on practice it's like a tough so whenever they zoom in on their faces and they're just absolutely <laughs> just the, the Texans coach actually said fuck me <laughs> on the camera like when you see that like for me it's like oh like it's almost like I'm sorry it had to happen but I ran right by the guy and I actually go woo like right right <laughs> at his him, face knowing that the next two days of his life were going to be absolutely miserable and I felt bad about that I want to let that be known but much better you than me the whole thing
3: another one of those clips there was like uh, it was an onside recovery but you kind of kicked it like uh, behind to a guy were you kicking that weird so it spun and bounced away uh, so that one was a uh, I, it was like
0: a mid-range spin thing yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a mishit for sure. Really? Right <laughs> along
3: the sideline, though. Yeah, it stayed yeah. in. And it
0: bent around. I was supposed to get it deeper. So we, because we, I mean, we had like, uh, we had the only onside kicks successfully completed going into like maybe week 13 of the season. We had like three of them at the time. <laughs> so we were we were facing people's hands teams. So the kickoff return style now Uh, I've been told by people the reason why it is the way it is now with basically the hands team up, which is eight people within 25 yards of the kicking line or whatever, they viewed a lot of the stats from the season where uh, everybody was doing that against us because they didn't want to give up any onside kicks. But whenever you do that and you have three back and you have the three back deep, there's a big open space there. So the idea was I would hit that spinner, but it would stop and spin like kind of, so the idea was I could hit it, it would spin so much and it would just like hit and spin like the Masters because they got a little soft ground. It would just spin in a spot and we were to outrun them. So I missed, I don't know, by about 15 yards short or so. And it just so happened to bend right around the back of the guy. So it worked out perfectly. I come there jogging to the sideline or whatever. And uh, Chuck Pagano's just like, act like you meant to do it. <laughs> <And> just, <laughs> like, <laughs> away. It's like, all right, you got it. It is. Uh, I got really lucky, obviously, in a lot of things. But mm. hey, man, I was changing some fucking games back then. I, that was so much fun. I, I, I assume I was having so much fun that season. It had to be. And then, you know. You get told like that you're a reason why we're losing in the building, and you dislocate a kneecap. <sighs> yeah, like, all right, I'm
3: getting the fuck out of here. It's hard <laughs> to say it's lucky when you know you're working fucking late at night, late at try night, try and make those kicks late happen. Late at night.
0: That's the thing. You just gotta go to work. You know, you just gotta go to work. Let's get on the phones. Hey, great segment, by the way. Hashtag Pat. Nice job. Yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to play this, are we? That's it. That's the guy, though. By the way, he is. <laughs> He is look. There's somebody in the back eyeballing him, as if it was his fault. (laughs) Okay, and uh the the guy right behind him, probably a GA. There, he's he's like, ah, this is going to be a terrible week of practice. (laughs) They're going to make me write so many things today. What do you got?
3: That's literally right after he He just says, "Fuck "Fuck me." me. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) it is. Because that guy, by the way, used to be for the Steelers, so I knew him. Like, oh, the special teams community knows each other pretty well and it wasn't until obviously we watched it back that i saw that and i was like oh poor
3: guy <laughs> <laughs> poor guy when poor they first guy. cut to him it looked like he said that was beautiful pause fuck me yeah and by the way
0: <laughs> both accurate it was pretty let's go to the phone calls man it was nice yesterday though fox i appreciate you sending me that video i completely forgot i played there for a while people <laughs> <Do it>. forget <laughs> bills at cardinals cardinals minus two and a half. First reaction you go are we, do you want me – am I picking with the spread? All right, Bills at Cardinals.
8: Bills. Josh Allen, I didn't get to it with Trent Dilfer, but he said Josh Allen is a top-ten NFL player, not just top-ten quarterback.
0: Uh, Seahawks at Rams. Seahawks right away. Mm-hmm. Ravens at Patriots.
8: I would like to say the Patriots can do it, but I think it'll be a close game. Ravens take it.
0: Okay, Bucks at Panthers.
8: Bucks all the way. I think this, this is rebound game, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Chargers at Dolphins.
8: Great game. Great battle. I'm getting this one of the charges. I think Herbert gets it done. Yeah, me too. Bengals at Steelers. You want me to say Bengals? You won't. Do
0: it, dude. They paid you. Did the Steelers ever pay you? No. Unbelievable. You're going to turn your back on.
8: Bengals are winning this one. They're going to find a way. Wow, Bold.
0: That sounds like dumb. Texans at Browns.
8: Ooh, I like the Browns here.
0: Me too, actually. Eagles at Giants.
8: Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, man, that's that's not easy. Eagle. I mean, I'll take the Eagles. I, I think Dane Orshlovsky he loves Carson Wentz, so I'll ride with him.
0: <laughs> By the way, forget it. Buck, <laughs> oh, uh, t- uh, Washington football team at the Lions. Oh, Lions.
8: Matt Stafford. Let's do it.
0: Jaguars at the Packers.
8: I mean, OK,
0: 13 and a half is the spread. How do you feel? I think the
8: Packers win the Packers cover. But, hey, this year in the NFL, who the hell knows what's going to happen.
0: Hey, and also some weather coming in there. could be tough. Broncos at Raiders.
8: I like the Raiders here. I do. Okay.
0: I 49ers at Saints.
8: Saints all day.
0: Nine and a half. Is the spread on that? I don't know. They may not cover, though. Oh. I don't know if I would take nine and a half. Saints win. Niners cover. Ooh. Ooh. Just gave two bets out there. They're very nice of you. And Vikings at Bears. Monday Night Football, I believe.
8: Oh, gosh. I'm going to I'm gonna take the Vikings. I, even though I think it might be tough for Dalvin Cook, if he can't have another hell of a game like he has this whole year, it seems like uh, it'll be tough to win. But I think Dalvin finds a way and they get it done.
0: Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen this week. All of our guests taking time out of their lives to come chat with us about whatever nonsense that we can come up with. Mm-hmm. Can't thank you all enough for choosing to allow us to penetrate your ear holes. I mean, that's very, very nice of you. Can't thank the boys enough. All their hard work every single week, put on a good show. Yeah, we're the luckiest people on earth. We know it. We can't thank you enough. Be a friend, tell a friend. We'll be back on Monday. Big guess on
1: Monday. Big show Monday.
0: Oh, my God. Overreaction Monday. And mm-hmm. I, might, I might be overreacting for what Overreaction Monday is going to be. Best Overreaction Monday we've ever had.
1: At least top
0: two. Wow. I can guarantee that. That wasn't an overreaction. That's an underreaction. It,
1: eh, it might have been.
0: We might be underreacting for how good overreaction Monday is going to be on Monday. going to have to tune in and find out. Have the greatest weekend of your entire life, okay? The Masters is happening. College foosball is happening. Now, granted, I think there's like 15 games not happening because of COVID, but there's still games happening, big games happening. Then you obviously got NFL Sunday, baby. Mm-hmm. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Have a great weekend. Ty Schmidt. Please play some independent music and propel these people into the greatest weekend of all time. We'll see you Monday. Cheers.
6: Oh Satanya Oh Mama may I If I say I got to go There's this place down by the coast Oh no Oh Mama may I if you say you think you know Well, let me show you the way I go I've got a pop-top, we can drop it down Take a ride on the way now Cause we are young